Welcome along to the Selling on eBay radio show. Thank you very much indeed for joining Welcome us. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. You said that. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. Yeah, fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's Sherry uh, Smith and Philip Jackson here, your hosts for the Selling on eBay radio show. Thank you very much indeed for joining us this week. Sherry, full-time seller based out in Colorado, does a lot of uh, consignment work and has a moonlight gig (laughs) working as the uh, respectable spokesman for eBay managed payments. Every time they roll out a, a fee increase, they run the Sherry video with kids and dogs and things, and it all seems so much nicer. By the way, that reminds me, today's phone-in topic. How would you spend 30 pieces of silver? If Philip went full-time on eBay 12 years ago and makes just enough money on eBay to keep him afloat in cheap box Merlot That's me. and brainstorm at Applebee's during happy hour. Yes, Applebee's is our little writing room where we come up with the, uh, the best stuff. At least we hope so, anyway. So that's the uh, Selling on eBay radio show here to make your eBay business fun a bit more profitable and uh, well hopefully a little bit easier on you and in today's show sherry we have we have uh i'm sorry i'm not it's on the piece of paper we sent you earlier yes and i'm on the wrong piece of paper that's right okay ebay quietly makes a major policy change unusually quietly for them and uh, yes bad news for me i have my first uh, chargeback on ebay 600 bucks it's going to be expensive. Oh, man. Drop shipping, nice earner or bad buying experience? And uh, we'll ask, what should you do when a buyer on eBay selects an eBay shipping service that's actually offline at the time? What remedies do you have? So that's the Selling on eBay radio show for this week. You can find out more about us and uh, our stores at our little website, which is www.sellsellsell.online. That's sellsellsell.online. And we'll kick off with uh, this week's eBay news and uh, Sherry, good news uh, for a change here. And that is uh, something that was reported on the e-commerce bite site. And I think it's all rolled out and we can see the uh, the impact having happened now. And that is a quiet change to eBay's refund policy actually in the favor of sellers. Now, if you went into paid returns, one of the benefits of doing that was that when something came back to you, if there was good reason you could withhold up to 50% of the refund. So maybe the thing came back trashed. Uh, You could at least hang on to half your money. And that was something that was reserved for the folks uh, that did uh, paid uh, returns on shipping. And it seems to be that has now loosened, and that 50% discretion seems to have been rolled out to just about anybody in decent standing on eBay. It first went out, I think, in the Canadian site. It went out in the Australian site, the UK site, and they've now updated the uh, terms on the US site that says basically anybody can do that yet. So have you had experience of that? Do let us know. Has it worked out? Have they honoured their side of the bargain? Has it worked out in a, a way that was to your pleasing? Do let us know. Again, the website for that is sell, sell, sell dot online. Also in the news this week, Sherry? Well, not such excellent news, but... Uh-oh. 
seeming inconsequential maybe, um, is Colorado has a new tax for online sellers. That's the bad news. The good news is, is that eBay has to take care of it and we don't have to worry about it, but it's something like a 27 cent tax per sale for Colorado sellers. It's very it's one strange. Of those things that it sounds like it would cost you five times more to collect the money than the actual amount of money involved. Because you've got to come so. up with a, a whole workflow and all your suppliers who provide you with software and tools and stuff have to do this Colorado-specific thing. That's right. I, I do feel a little sorry for eBay on this. Uh, it's interesting because it sounds like it's geared toward a DoorDash and you know those kind of services mm -hmm. because they have to do that. But it also has this and online sellers added to it. Thankfully, eBay will take care of it. Well, that's and thankfully, good. it's a low amount of money. It's just a little kind of um, seems like a little bit of doom and gloom because now will all states have to implement something like this? That would be bad news if everyone else follows suit, certainly. It's yeah. just good. It just makes it a messy situation even worse. And I can see why politically you could say, well, it's to do with the environment, it's to cover the wear and tear on the roads, it's the pollution, it's the gas usage, all that sort of stuff, and, and try and sweeten the pill that way. But it, it just makes things more complicated than if you put 0.01 or something on the sales tax rate and collected it that way, which there's already a mechanism in place and everybody understands how to do it. So. Yeah. Bad luck uh, for those folks in Colorado, and I'm just hoping that the rest of the world stays sane and uh, doesn't doesn't follow suit. But you know, these these guys tend to um, once they see a way of making money, if they see someone else succeeding at it, then there's an enormous pressure to do the same thing. So yeah, it's and it contagious. might be uh, that uh, the folks at eBay Main Street, who I've not seen pipe up on this subject, but maybe because I'm not on the Colorado mailing list, that they didn't send that to me. But um, that would be a legitimate something for them to get involved in and try and shut this thing down before it takes over the world. Yeah. So that's the Colorado dumb sales tax or whatever tax it is. Also in the news this week, we're starting to see the appearance of the eBay vault. I saw an article by uh, Jamie, what's his name, Iannone or something like that, um, on <laughs> LinkedIn, which is his preferred media for talking about things. I don't know why he prefers that, maybe because they have a means of... Uh, suppressing any comments that are adverse. I don't know. Anyway, he, there was a big thing with, a, I think, a totally Photoshop picture of a bunch of um, uh, playing trading cards, whatever they are, in little glass cabinets uh, with lights on them and all that sort of glitz and stuff. I don't <laughs> believe that's how the uh, the vault's going to be organized in practice, but uh, some people might believe that. Anyway, so they've sort of announced the official, um, not sort of commercial launch of Vault, but they're starting to push out the details. Not something I'm personally going to engage in. But if you are dealing with these uh, trading cards and you deal with cards that are graded and certified, whatever the word is, and the selling price is above $750, that's the threshold they're starting at for the vault, then you are eligible to use the eBay vault. Um, for the rest of us, it, you may say this means nothing. Well, it means something um, because if you use the uh, reporting systems on eBay, for example, like me, at the end of every month, you download your orders and put them into your big fat spreadsheet to work out how much money you've made, <laughs> then uh, your spreadsheet's going to break because they've added a couple extra columns 
albeit on the right-hand side, so maybe the only last the, the things at the right break. But anyway, you've got to tweak your Excel or whatever you use uh, to take account of the fact that report uh, format just changed this month. I think also this month, or was it last month, they changed the um, uh, reporting on the transactions for managed payments to, a, thankfully at last, a calendar month view to match in with everything else that goes on rather than operate on the mid-month, which made life really, really hard. So anyway, that's The Vault, and I think that's it's quiet news, a quiet news week from eBay, unless you've got anything else, Sherry? Well, I just want to add to the yeah. Vault conversation is that it's interesting they have to be worth at least $750 because yeah. it makes me wonder how many trading cards are sold. Oops. That, uh, <laughs> apparently, yes. Uh-oh, hopefully he's uh, just walking by. He's just uh, um, walking back down the drive with a, most of his trousers missing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I maybe will have a card that will qualify because one of oh. my illustrious listers is a Pokemon card collector. So when he All saw right. this stack that I had given up on, he said this one, you know, might be worth $80 if it's not graded. If they graded it at number eight, maybe it's worth $400. And number nine, it might be worth $800. So I just thought I'd get my feet wet or stick my toe in the water. And I sent it to uh, PSA to have it graded. I'll let you know. Now, one of the, my dogs who is not barking is now squeaking a toy. I can so hear I, squeaking in the background. <laughs> okay. Uh, she figured barking was uh, less So how enjoyable. much are you going to make on this card then if it does cross the $750 threshold? Is that going to be a, a nice deal for you? Yeah, it will. I'm selling it on consignment, mm -hmm. but um, after my $100 that it costs for the PSA, oh, wow. um, that cheap. leaves six fifty, and then I'll get you know, maybe like 40% of that. So that's like 250. Okay. On a, well, on a card. I'll find that exciting. Very good. I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll pull back on that one. Uh, things that we can report back on uh, here, also moving on a little bit, um, eBay chargebacks. And I've had my first, I think it's the first one in my entire trading history on eBay. I've had a few elsewhere, but this is the first eBay one, and therefore it's under uh, the managed payments regime. And uh, this is when a buyer decides to not go through the eBay dispute process, but to dispute the charge with their credit card company. And that's much more problematical to deal with. Your chances of success as a seller drop considerably, unfortunately for me, with one of these things. And uh, it's kind of a kangaroo court situation because... What you're dealing with is someone who's obviously raised the dispute with their credit card company, but it's the credit card company who makes the final decision as to whether the buyer or the seller is right or wrong. So the chances of the credit card company saying, our customer is wrong and you, Mr. Seller, are right, strikes me as very, very slim indeed. And it's one of the, the faults of the whole credit card system that there's no independent judgment on these things. So the situation here is I sold a professional microphone for about $600 to a chap in Germany. And it's like a couple of pounds in weight, so it's not too difficult to ship around the place. And he received it, obviously, because he sent me a, a message a couple of days after he received it saying, oh, I'm trying to get the thing started up. Do you have the instructions? And I sent him the instructions. 
Of course, the link was in the listing, but no one reads the listing. Uh, so we know that the communication was good. He got his reply 12 minutes after he sent me the message. So, you know, everything seemed to be good in terms of um, communication. He never came back to me. So I assumed based upon that that he was happy. And that's, you know, typically the case. Didn't leave any negative feedback or anything. So everyone's happy until three months down the road. I get one of those uh, nasty messages from eBay saying, oh, someone's disputed a charge. Go to this link and find out the details. So the gentleman concerned says, like there's one line written in German, which you run through the Google Translate, and it comes back. Uh, had one conversation with the seller about getting instructions, which were sent, and then I sent three messages talking about returning the item, and he never replied. Well, it doesn't take a genius to look at the eBay messaging system and see that, the yes, the one message is true, but the three messages are blatant lie. Um, but that doesn't really help much because at the end of the day, it's not eBay who decides this. It's the credit card company. And the way this works with eBay, it's quite limited. And I, I think people have generally taken the line that eBay is not really helping sellers as much as they could on these things. And the problem is that you have one way of responding if you don't want to just hand over the money and do nothing about it. And you are allowed to send one graphic file. No Word document, no PDFs, no copies of this, that, and the other. Just one graphical document to put your entire case. So anyway, uh, so I've got $600 at risk here. Uh, not a particularly um, objective judgment system. And uh, I put together my response. Now, I think the trick here is to say, well, look, you're not going to get the $600 back, that's, that's gone. The trick is to try and make sure that at least you get the item back in whatever condition it's in now, who knows. But <clears throat> that's the aim of the game, name of the game as far as I'm concerned. So uh, I wrote out my, uh, my, my piece and sent it off as a graphics file, basically bearing in mind that this is a guy in Germany. I'm assuming he has a German credit card. So I have no idea whether the person who works for the credit card company who's going to review this particular document uh, speaks good English or not, so I try and keep it relatively simple, uh, nice, simple structure. And, you know, I'm sorry to, if I don't, I don't mean to offend anyone who's German, but uh, I find Germans to be very precise and uh, very punctual and very disciplined. So to try and make the case, I try to set it out very clearly in terms of facts and timelines and dates and stuff um, to set out my side of the story rather than go into waffle that might be difficult to translate. Anyway, so that's gone. Sent that off within the deadline. And uh, by the way, in parallel with this, I, of course, reached out to the, the gentleman concerned, saying, hey, I see there's a problem. What can I do to help you with it? And of course, he doesn't reply because he's already, he's already set the narrative up that he wants to set up. And obviously, if he replies to me, that's going to undermine the way he's playing this thing. But anyway, we did try and reach out. So the status of this, Sherry, is that uh, I've sent off my response. And I don't know how long it'll be. These things sometimes go pretty slowly. Um, we'll wait and see what happens in terms of eBay's um, uh, involvement. Personally, I wrote it on the basis that I did not expect eBay to add a great deal of content to this particular dispute. My guess is that whatever I send, they wing it over to the, wherever their counterpart in Germany is, and that gets decided. So um, we will see. Well, that's unsettling and keep us posted. It's just, you know, and I know the cost of doing business phrase is one that no one likes to hear, but it kind of is. Um, yeah. You know, not everyone plays by the rules. Um, 
it's it's sad, but people people do this if they figure they've got something they want to get rid of and they didn't like it or didn't respond within the appropriate time or whatever it is. I do hope that if it does go against me that I have maybe the ability to have a discussion with eBay about whether they might step in and pick up some of the, the loss here. That would not be unreasonable because if it were the case that it was a US buyer who was abusing the eBay system, so a buyer abuse case, um, you know, if that was evident to eBay from their internal data, um, I'd like to think that that would be something they would make right from their point of view. And I think that's pretty much a parallel situation here. The only issue is it's not within the eBay system. And they might say, well, that's not within our gift to make that right. We can't fix the world. We can fix within eBay. So I don't know. It might be one of those sort of discretionary cases where I grovel a bit and we see, see what we can yeah. get organized. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But uh, there we are. So that's the first one of these that I've had. So that's what, well, I don't know, must be getting on for certainly over the $3 million eBay sales level, maybe cracking on towards four. I wish we knew what the number was, but that's a whole different radio program. And um, <laughs> so this is the first one I've had. So I can't say it's a frequent occurrence, but it's 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 pretty annoying. Uh, but there you are. That's where we're at. And I will keep you posted. Good. Well, we will look forward to hearing. And I had one chargeback mm -hmm. a while back. And um, I asked the buyer because we had communicated quite a bit before he mm -hmm. bought it. And I said, why did you do that? And he said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize who the charge was from when I saw it on yeah. my credit card. Mm -hmm. And he reversed it. But um, anyway, I guess I got lucky in that, that is one. That is generally the best way of doing it. Absolutely. Step one, reach out to the other party. Oftentimes, they didn't recognize the charge because it appears as something else or their partner or co-signer on the card didn't recognize the statement. Sometimes cards get stolen or compromised and the bank just goes through and queries everything in the last week. You know, there's lots of things that go on. And if you can develop a rapport with the other person and work it out, oftentimes just have them resend you the money via PayPal or something once the, you know, the, the thing settles in their favor, that's probably the easiest solution. So yeah, it certainly happens. Uh, most of the times I've dealt with this, I've been able to work out a solution with the other person. I've had one where it was another fraudulent one, but um, there we are. Okay. Uh, we will see. It happens from time to time. It is one of the problems of taking credit cards. And if you use eBay, you use managed payments, so you take credit cards. You can't wriggle off that one. I'm afraid the idea of money orders going through the post, I think, is lost in the mist of time at this point. Yes. If you want to sell on eBay. <laughs> so there we are. Um, anyway, we'll dwell on that. But that's that's where it's at. I will post post back a report when we have a disposition to the case. Okay. Sounds good. Very good. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, drop shipping, you mm -hmm. hear so many YouTubers are talking about, I think this is largely what they're talking about when they say make money while you're sleeping and make money mm -hmm. by doing very little work. Yeah. Um, and I've actually, first of all, it's not allowed on eBay to do what a lot of them are talking about, which is just get things that are listed on Amazon, put them on eBay, mm -hmm. and then when they sell, order it from Amazon and have a gift receipt included. Yeah, yeah. and it comes um, in an Amazon box. Yes, it does. And then the buyer, do they feel duped? Like, oh, I, I, I just could have bought this on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to admit that with my other eBay store, the one I use, abuse, 
leave sitting for years on end. And when I have some idea, I use that store to try something out. So uh, over during COVID, actually, I went through and I was listing Costco online items, items that were on coupon. Oh, okay. Or had a good, uh, some great offer discount. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I put them in the store. And actually, I sell, sold quite a few items that way. My average profit was $8. <laughs> Occasionally, I made about $25. Um, it depended on where the person was located. Of course, the shipping's free on the Costco site, mm -hmm. but it would cost me various um, varying amounts based on where the, the buyer is. Anyway. So technically, yeah. under eBay's rules today, that would be frowned upon, say the least. Yeah, and I don't want to do anything. I, I like eBay, and I want them to like me, and I don't want to do anything. But you can. That you, they do allow you upon. to use a third party to fulfill your orders, and sometimes people use Amazon as a third party warehouse, not buying through Prime, but just using Amazon as a supplier. They do that uh -huh, for um, the fulfillment. <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh, so, if you see a, an Amazon box coming through the door, letter box, and it's not necessarily the case that the person's doing shady dropshipping. Almost certainly is, but not necessarily. Yeah. It might be a legitimate case. And if you're doing that, if it were me, I would put, I would send a note saying, hey, just FYI, the package is coming with an Amazon box, but I use Amazon. I have a commercial contract with them to fulfill my orders, and that's the branding they put in their boxes, just so you understand, to avoid anything getting difficult <laughs> downstream yeah yeah because it's not exactly building a good relationship with buyers to be potential repeat buyers i mean i had one of those uh, sort of prime type situations i i buy lots of sort of cleaners and polish and stuff because i like to make all my stuff look nice and spiffy for the camera and i needed some metal polish and the cheapest price i could find was on ebay yeah so i i order it and uh next day surprisingly quickly I go out my front door, and on the doorstep is like just a poly bag from Walmart with a kind of sticker, and it's sort of knotted at the top, and a sticker on the side saying, you know, whatever the order number is. And I look it up, and clearly, you know, the $8 pot of polish that I bought was purchased by this person under Walmart Plus for $5.88. Oh. <laughs> and they called Walmart. I assume they told it was a gift rather than, you know, because I don't think Walmart Plus does free deliveries for third-party sales operations. Uh, anyway, so that's what they'd done. I wasn't too fussed about the extra dollar something that I could have saved. Well, I didn't have a Walmart Plus account, so it did save money to me. But you just think, well, come on, this is not really not really what I had in mind. I mean, it was a good price, and I, it got very, very quickly, and I needed it. So, you know, but it was just, you can see why people feel that, well, why, you know, why did I just buy this directly? That's the, that's the thing you feel bad about. Yeah, I, I mean, at least they didn't put in a note that said, you big dummy. I mean, but that's what it feels like, mm -hmm. like you got duped a little bit. And it, for me, it's not even a conflict because uh, wondering if I should do it because I wasn't making it, any money at it. Yeah. And uh, but so many people, you know, they um, friends and, you know, associates like they know I'm selling on eBay. So they'll say, oh, I met this gal who made two hundred thousand dollars in one month mm -hmm. um, s listing stuff that's on Amazon on eBay and I said, well, I think she's, A, I think she's lying. Mm -hmm. And B, uh, I, I, I mean, I just don't think it's 
a great way to build your business. Met this gal means you saw someone that was selling some kind of course or instructional material for a high price, how to get rich online or something. Um, actually, in this case, she was she. It was a coworker, oh. uh, you know, in her regular job, but. Um, and I can see where maybe you hit something right at the right time mm -hmm. and had a huge amount of sales. Um, and, and actually I had uh, one guy years ago in my eBay class uh, when we had the education specialist program and he was selling a popsicle sticks or something, popsicle mm -hmm. forms on Amazon. And um, I think the profit was maybe a dollar a sale but mm -hmm. he was making a ton of money, but then it just changes. Well, yeah. especially because Amazon starts undercutting you if you're doing well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. It's a Selling on eBay radio show. Philip and Shari with you. And maybe you too, you could join us if you like. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. True. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us www.sellsellsell.online That's www.sellsellsell.online Thank you for being part of the show. I don't know, Carrie, if you're <clears throat> into the uh, eBay community pages, one of the things that they were doing until recently was once a week having a sort of uh, Ask Us Anything open chat type session where sellers could... Well, raise points and ask questions, and uh, that was been killed off as we reported a week or two back, which I think was a shame. Uh, the thing they replaced it with, though, I, I was—I mean, it was fairness. I was skeptical here that it would be a worthy substitute, but the first one they did of the new format, I think, went pretty well for them. Now, instead of the weekly "Ask Us Anything" session, there's now a specific topic uh, with a subject matter expert from eBay. Uh, answering via t you know the chat system, I think they do that once a month rather than once a week. But there we are. Perhaps it'll become more frequent. And I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but uh, it was the eBay Stores product team, our friend Chuck from eBay Stores, who was doing the uh, the answers to the questions. And I, I think the stores folks, I, I got a lot of respect for them because the stores thing in eBay's been neglected for ten years. I don't think anyone's updated the code or anything, and they've now tried to form a new team. I guess it's a new team to try and bring it into the 20th century and have some new features and uh, and also, from their point of view, monetize it a little bit, of course. And they've done a lot of good stuff. And I think people are suddenly engaging with stores more. I mean, I don't know about you, Sherry. I get so many of these, come and visit my store, here's a coupon, that sort of thing coming coming through my mailbox now that I never used to get before. And actually, we were talking with uh, eBetsy the other week. I had a look at her store, and she's done a really nice job of using all those customizable building blocks uh, to set up the sort of the, the above-the-fold stuff on the, on the store. It looks really good. So anyway, um, kudos to the store team. I suspect with a limited set of resources and budget have done a lot uh, to improve eBay stores. And I thought it was a good a good session. There were some interesting questions and answers. I always think that it's so much better at these things to have the person that actually has been involved in designing that particular feature take the questions because they just know so much more about it. They can go into as much depth as, as necessary to get the answer out. And having poo-pooed the idea a little bit, 
Um, I think that's a good start. So maybe we'll see more of those, and it'll be um, it'll be quite good. Uh, someone yeah. did ask about what the plans were to monetize the stores because they've teased the idea of a new paid promotion type uh, for stores. Maybe you pay per click for a storefront. I don't know. <clears throat> but they weren't talking about that. They weren't prepared to get into that. Uh, but there was some good stuff there. So that's on the community pages at eBay. I guess it's community.ebay.com. And there's some some good details on on stores there. So... I don't know. I'll reserve judgment. I think that looks pretty good. Although I don't see why we couldn't have three weeks of Ask Us Anything every month and then one of a specialist subject. I do feel they kind of close down these um, these open forum sessions. Yeah, they might not enjoy the free-for-all. I guess when you can ask anything, you're most likely to gripe about things you do need <laughs> that you want skin. changed. But that's, but, you know, I think that's why, that's why we tune in. You know, um, I think... You know, we all have to live our little tiny little worlds and, and we don't get to interact that much. And I think that a session where we can say what's bothering us and seeing if other people have the same issue or do people come in support you or say, no, that's rubbish, you know, that's that's really important. And I think that, you know, closing those things down is not necessarily helping them. I mean, they think it is because it always our brand and we don't want people getting negative under our brand. But I, I think that's actually quite useful and I think that's an important aspect and if you don't allow it to vent somewhere it ends up popping up somewhere else that may be worse than the problem that you thought you fixed so i don't know that's just my theory about how how sellers in, interact with each other yeah and it's funny because you know you meet the community people in a face-to-face -face situation and they're game for anything i mean you can ask them anything without upsetting them and they'll give you the answer or they'll may maybe agree with you you know it's not as though at a personal level, they're not willing to to have a, have the conversation. At least in my experience, was oh, it yeah. like that when you went to the Colorado event? Oh, it was wonderful. They and and people did have, they did take questions from the crowd, and mm -hmm. people had issues or concerns, and they're great. I mean, Rebecca and Brian, they're just amazing. I, I'm serious. They're wonderful. Mm -hmm. I think uh, partly though, when it's online in my opinion, and someone has a gripe, it's mm -hmm. almost like this crowd mentality <laughs> that starts up and it gets a little contagious. Yeah, but that, that's, that's what you tune in for. That's the fun bit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's the community chat. It might be a good idea after all. I might be eating my own words. There we go. And Sherry, this week, moving on to something else here, you ran into some fun on games with the, the eBay International Standard or Standard International, is that what it's called? Yeah, one one or the other. I never know which order, so I just switch it around. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny because I guess this is with the um, nonprofit site that I'm managing is that I didn't go in there and block any countries because with eBay Standard International, I figured you're covered for up to $100. If they ship it there, they've deemed it okay to ship to. Mm -hmm. Well, that theory isn't quite panning out. And actually, I'm com kind of combining two topics here. Mm -hmm. on, so what happened was that on Friday, I went to ship and it was going to Indonesia. And I thought, oh, wow, I have to add that as a new country for me. Mm -hmm. I've shipped over 80 countries. Do you have That's pins not in the map them. on the wall that you can 
proudly point to and say, you know, I, I do. The world. Oh, you do. Okay. Well. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, I do. And not only that, I used to have me, you know, in the teenage crew, uh, we'd race to see who could find it first, and I'd give a twenty dollar bill <laughs> to whoever found it first. Of course, I was competing to save yes. my twenty dollars. Uh, now I'm doing not the money part, but I just do it with my nieces and nephews. We try to find that new country, and I shouldn't even admit that a lot of times they find it before I do. So the it was I was getting a message just saying we're sorry we can't perform this operation at this time, mm. and that was happening Friday for over the whole period of shipping. So then I called eBay and he said, "Okay, I do see that this is an issue," mm-hmm. um, and I said, "Well, first class international, which gives me no protection, right. um, is five plus dollars more." Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I should use that and have you give me a credit if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, well, why don't you wait a little while? And um, and I said, well, what if if I wait till Monday, um, then it's going to be a late shipment. So mm. would you guys make a note of it? Anyway, I ended up letting it sit till Monday. And when I went to ship it on Monday, it still wouldn't work. So yeah. I upgraded it to first class. Now I'm already late. So as far as fulfilling you it. You paid five dollars extra. You wasted a bunch yeah. of time on the phone. And now Apart I'm from like that, it's been a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I even by the way, the shirt's seventeen dollars. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, which is uh why I'm not too worried about it. Um, as far as I hope it gets there. But um as far as if it's a loss of money, it's not a huge risk. But I don't even know if I want to spend the time to call eBay now today and see if they'll credit me the five dollars, mm-hmm. take away the ding. It's just a big waste of time. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, I go to ship we're doing our shipping yesterday on Monday, and the item we're shipping is going to Mozambique. And I I write it down because that's you love another these one. Strange places. That's right. It's another one I've never shipped to. Now, thankfully, it is Everybody's a forty dollars radio. Item. You're crazy. I know, and, <laughs> and stupid maybe. Um, that one, the label worked, while the other label uh, wouldn't work side by yeah. side. Yeah. Um, the label worked. Now let's see if it gets there. Okay. So, moral of the story: I think that you brought up th- the idea of on Friday. I could have canceled the sale. There's no real right answer, is there? It's a mess anyway you deal with it. Um, yeah. I I think I had something very, very similar, and I went through almost the same exact same steps. First thing I would do is take a screenshot of the error message. Cause oh. Just put that, put that in your back pocket, because if it all gets ugly downstream, there's a financial <laughs> dispute, there's negative feedback, you can say, I got that. I would also, if I had a conversation with eBay, I would get the SR number of the call and write that down because that then allows you, if for some reason there's fallout later, you could say, well, I did speak to an agent. This was the conversation number that, that took place. Just, again, covering your backside because so often, you know, you ring back and, oh, we don't know. We no record of you having talked to us at all here. No, we can't help you. We didn't promise anything, you know. And... If they even if they said, "Oh, it'll be fixed very shortly," I would say that's very good. But I'm not going to put my reputation on that outcome. Yes, exactly. And I think my choices would be pick another shipping method, send it out within deadline, 
eat the cost. Don't figure eBay is going to pay me. Yeah. Or very, very humbly write to the buyer and say, look, there's a technical issue with the site. Maybe that's where the, the graphic would come in handy. Tell you what, why don't we just park this order? I'm going to cancel it. So I'm not holding your money, but I will monitor it. I will let you know when it comes back up again, you can place the order and we're good to go. Um, and that's then all on the record through messaging. So again, if it all gets ugly later, you can say, like, I was trying to do the right thing by eBay and by the customer. Um, but yeah, it, it happens. And I've noticed it with the internet, the standard international a couple of times. Yeah, and isn't it odd that it wouldn't create a label for that one, mm -hmm. but it would for the Mozambique one? Well, they have different vendors. So maybe maybe vendor A was offline and vendor B was online. I don't know. Yeah. Because um, they use uh, DHL, Ascendia, certainly two of them, and maybe others for that. And for things like places like Canada, they just uh, pull the label off their NSA with the USPS so they get a special price from USPS and just brand that as Send International. There's no intermediate arrangement. Uh, so there's different. There's at least three different models at work yes. there. Possibly more. Very um, interesting. Keep so, us on our yeah, toes. Yeah, if someone's if someone's API is down somewhere, maybe they can't do the handshake, and that particular country goes offline. I don't know. Yeah, and interestingly, this uh, projector going to Mozambique, the shipping was ninety one dollars. It would have been ninety eight dollars, but I cut that box down and uh -huh. cut off enough cardboard to get it a couple ounces less, so it would be ninety one dollars. So what are the countries that you will now not ship to? Because you have a risk appetite that's totally off the scale in terms of places that the rest uh, of us would, would not even dream of sending stuff to. Well, Is there anywhere my... you won't send things to? Maybe <laughs> shorter list, perhaps. You know what? I think I have to change what I've done. Because, well, so first of all, in my account, I have it the way I originally set it up in my first few years of selling. Mm -hmm. So I will not ship to Brazil and most of South Africa, I won't ship to Italy. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I meant to say I won't ship to most of South America, and I don't ship mm -hmm. to Africa. But on the um, nonprofits account, because of eBay Standard International, I thought it was safe to just let them determine where it will go. Yeah. But I, I'll let you know if that's true. The problem with it is is that you cannot set up a rules-based system that is based upon the value of the item. You have to it's a one size fits all. So if you say I'll take I'll do Italy but not above $100, you can't do that. Italy's on or off. So right. that's the problem and it'd be nice and it's getting kind of complicated, but it'd be nice to be able to have if you wanted it to build a little rules table that says, well, yeah, I'll take a risk on Italy up to $200, but above that uh, no, or Italy above a hundred dollars. I need it to go via track service or whatever. You could you could see the sort of the whole complicated rules table building up as we talk about it. Yes. But that would be the ideal way of doing it. And I could happily sit down with a pencil and paper and probably over time figure out exactly what my rules would be. But I don't think that's the way that eBay wants to work it. Yeah, I have to admit that on um, when something is worth more than a couple hundred dollars, mm -hmm. then I'll just choose the global gps what do you call that gsp gsp so that's the global shipping program yeah I'll that's use good that. because that that's where you send it into the ebay warehouse they relabel it 
send it on, and provided it gets to the warehouse, you're golden, and eBay takes the risk. After yeah, that. and you're covered up to a thousand dollars. And if it's mm -hmm. worth more than a thousand dollars, I'm not doing international. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have done it where I shipped it FedEx international or UPS international. So just to, for completeness, my view of countries that that I would avoid, <clears throat> if if you're thinking about well, where do we agree on this sort of uh, blacklist of countries? Generally, South America. Everywhere from sort of sort of Costa Rica southwards, I would not do. In fact, Mexico actually as well, just on the grounds that the the systems don't give you reliable tracking and certainly not reliable proof of delivery. The addresses are quite often the red house on the right, three hundred meters past the church with the blue door and stuff like that, which you're never going to get much of a confirmation that it ever got there. And also historically, there's been a lot of delays and problems with customs and stuff. Because a lot of these places have like 100% duty on incoming items and things and people don't want to pay that or it gets held up in customs. It just, you know, if you could sell the, the item at the same price as somebody else without that hassle, why, why would you put yourself through that? It makes no sense. So unless the stuff is absolutely has to be targeted at that particular country, generally South America I would avoid. Uh, Russia has a real problem in terms of stuff getting stolen. And I think the GSP from eBay shut down Russia yeah um because of that they couldn't find anyone that would carry the insurance risk um and i kind of put all the stands and stuff in that category as well perhaps unfairly to the stands but that's kind of in the same bucket as far as i'm concerned and then you end up with the sort of the odds and sods strange places i mean you mentioned italy and i think that is I, maybe it's got better but a few years ago it was horrible even oh, even yeah. tracked express mail it would probably get there but it would be delayed at least a month without any real status or ability to do anything about it. And the problem is that if someone files a grievance and says, I haven't received it, in eBay world, you the clock starts <clears throat> and you have to fix that within a, a precise period of time. I think it's 21 days at most. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you know, if Italy's gonna take a month to get your thing through customs and it's not even a clear month, it's a month that could be a lot more, could be a lot less, then that's a risk that you may end up giving the item away and refunding the buyer at the same time so that's perhaps a problem uh finland uh, i would do i would do italy on an individual case basis but people don't tend to ask for exceptions it doesn't doesn't work like that but if someone wants it yeah i'll, I'll send it i think most cases I'll, i will live with express mail i can probably work with that well i've shipped a two thousand dollar fenton guitar to italy via fedex international mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, that when they did ask me, I see that you don't ship to Italy, will you do it? And I said, only if it's FedEx or a okay. different broker other than the post office. And uh, they paid the exorbitant amount that it cost to have yes. FedEx do it. Yeah. And they got it and it was great. Finland, I've been selling to from the beginning and it's always been wonderful, Good. including $1,000 guitars. I, maybe it's a pandemic issue. I've had stuff that takes an ex extraordinarily long time to get through Finland. Oh. And the, it's got there, but the problem is there's no tracking domestically on most oh. stuff. Uh, and most European countries do track their parcels as a matter of course. It, it, Finland is a bit of an outlier, unless it's changed in the last few weeks. But that's – I take the order, but I – it's such a small market that I'm not – financially it's not a huge exposure but I'm not wild about it, but I live with it. Just to come back, again, trying to widen up the discussion about um, FedEx, uh, 
One of the problems with I find with FedEx, and it's again, it's one of those things that doesn't happen very often, but it can bite you if it does. And well, first of all, FedEx will always quote you a two-day delivery and never, ever, ever meet it internationally because customs and reality is just never, ever fulfills. That's their best case scenario. So the buyer is always disappointed in terms of the timeline with FedEx. And the other thing is that uh, FedEx, in theory, is supposed to bill the recipient for things like the taxes and brokerage and all this sort of stuff. If the if the recipient gives you an account number that doesn't compute, account number that doesn't exist or doesn't reply to their messages or whatever, they come back and bill you as the sender, as the originator of the document on your account number uh, for that all that expense. So you can end up being billed for the other guy's duties and tax and stuff. Oh, wow. And that's not a good day. No. And that happens. So... What I've said to people, and it's worked a few times, is, look, that's the problem with it. First of all, I think, A, you won't get there this, the day they quote you. B, it's going to cost you 100 to $200 more than the express mail service, which, by the way, just does get yes. there broadly when it says. Um, but if you want to proceed, that's fine. But I need you to print out the labels on under your account. You just send me a bunch of PDFs. I'll print them out, stick them in the envelope. Good to go. Ah. So there is any dispute with FedEx, then it's not between me. I'm no way in the, the financial flow. And they take it up with them directly. And that's worked a few times. A few people like using FedEx. I mean, I can understand why. Um, and, and that's worked. That's a bit more hassle. And you have to send, well, okay, this is the originating address. These are the dimensions. This is the weight. Blah, yes. blah, blah. But um, if they're motivated, they will do that. And you're reminding me that in mm -hmm. the last, uh, over a year ago, but... Uh, not that long ago, someone wanted to buy all of these certain types of scanners that I had, mm -hmm. which totaled $1,800, and they wanted to use their FedEx account. Mm -hmm. So that I, I like what you're suggesting, but even because if, that did work out well when they their FedEx created it. On your label print, we'll come back to you if, they, if that account number doesn't compute. The only way to remove yourself from the financial flow, I, I feel, is to have them do everything entirely at their end. Yes, yes, and, and I know, did yeah. do that oh, on, in okay. this case. Right. So that went well. You can use the FedEx tool and say, bill third party and put their account number in. But that and number's that's not validated. And get in trouble. Uh -huh. uh, and it's not guaranteed. So if that account gets closed or doesn't exist or doesn't... Also, there's problems with somehow the address on the package has to match the corporate address that's linked with the account code and if that doesn't marry up then it maybe doesn't get charged i've had billions of things where it's just got very complicated fast yes. and i just decide okay if you really want it that badly here's my rule and so that's that's how that works uh, sorry we ended up doing way more on the vagaries of international shipping than you probably care to hear about uh, we will get back to normal on the next episode quickly to wrap things up here sherry we've got uh, let's have a look some uh, upcoming deadlines the uh, well if you wanted to go for the up and running grant this year you're too late uh, if you did get it in in time good luck I'm not saying that with all sincerity, because if you have good luck, the chances of the rest of us having good luck are somewhat reduced, I suppose. So uh, commiserations, I think, would be the most appropriate message. Uh, and I did notice, I did I waded through the terms and conditions document, because sometimes there's clues oh. in there as to how they might decide who wins. So you, you, it's, uh, you snooze, you lose, got to look at the documents. Anyway, they did say that the announcements of winners will be made, I think they said the week commencing 19th of September. 
And uh, our regular listeners will know that's when we've told you that they're going to be holding the eBay Open virtual event this year. So if oh, you're... Maybe uh, they'll announce it there. Huh? I suspect the two are linked. And uh, you may get to a name check at uh, eBay Open, maybe even a video check. You never know uh, uh-huh. if, if, you, if you're lucky. So anyway, I do mean good luck with that because uh, it's, it's decided as far as we're concerned now. Your submission has gone in. I spent hours on it, blimey. Last year, I made the mistake <laughs> well, of good leaving, luck, it all, leaving it all to the last couple of days and then realized this was not a, a quick turnaround task. You have to write it, rewrite it, reread it, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I put a bit more effort into it this year. So whatever. Good. So there we go. And, and it's the uh, end of month deadline for Q2 shipping supplies. Yes, yes, get those padded envelopes and stuff. Yeah, I went over and looked at it and it said I already redeemed it. Oh, okay, well done. All right, so you're good. First of July, you can put your next order in. And uh, a quick shout out to uh, our friends Katie and Vicky. Well, they're not really our friends because they haven't been on the show, but we'll work on that. Okay. Uh, the uh, they're planning to uh, announce the uh, the sale of tickets for their Boss Reseller Remix. Um, I think they're going on sale first of July, and I believe that's probably going to be the biggest, if not the only, decent sized face to face event for sellers this year. So uh, that's going to be quite a big event. Last year, eBay I think had at least four people attending under different wow. uh, different guises. So. It, I'm guessing if you want to hang out with some eBay folks, I'm pretty sure they'll be sending some people again this year. So that would be a good way of renewing acquaintances, whatever. So um, that's, uh, I think, just about all the uh, the what's honorary for this week. Just trying to find my uh, piece of music here. Here we go. And I think that's about it for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. We made it through another one. Uh, we've got some good guests coming up, actually. I won't uh, tell you exactly who, but uh, we've got some bookings in the in the works. So uh, stand by. Uh, we've got some uh, interesting folks coming on. If you want to find out more about us and the show, maybe uh, contribute, send us an email or whatever, then you can uh, do that. You can send us, make us a call. 833-EBAY-723 is the number. 1-833-EBAY-723. Or if you like, uh, you can uh, send us an email. Contact information is found at uh, sellsellsell.online. That's sellsellsell.online. So uh, this is Philip Jackson saying thanks so much for your company. We'll see you again next week. And thank you. Have a great week. <laughs>